Hi, welcome to Improve Work Podcast. Here you'll find resources to level up your leadership role and create the team that you want. It's Daniela here. Feel free to ask me questions about uh, today's episode's topic. Also, if you would like me to speak about a specific topic, let me know. You'll find my email address in the description of this episode. I hope you enjoy it and subscribe. Okay, let's get started. Hi, welcome back. In uh, today's episode, we'll talk about the employer responsibility for employee motivation. What is your perspective on who is responsible for ensuring employee motivation? Opinions about this topic can vary, which is why the goal of this episode is to show you the advantages that come with taking full ownership of this. And uh, let's talk first about the situation in which the employee is seen as responsible for his uh, or her motivation. When uh, employees are seen as responsible for their own motivation in their jobs, they are expected to engage and offer their best to perform well and achieve the company's goals. An uh, employee can indeed put uh, forth effort to do their job well and produce excellent results, But without motivation, this behavior can't be sustained for an extended period. Motivation ensures the persistence of their efforts. For example, new employees often strive to showcase their skills and capabilities, but if their engagement is not sustained by the company, for example through compensation systems or recognition of their efforts, or if they encounter conflicts with co-workers or other work-related challenges, their commitment will decrease. Even if they are intrinsically motivated by their jobs, tasks and responsibilities, the way they are asked to perform their jobs, how they are led, the work processes or the work environment and culture can lower their motivation level. If we consider it their responsibility to be motivated by their jobs, they should attempt to change the things they dislike. However, all they can do is uh, communicate these issues to management. In the best case scenario, they are hurt and changes are made. In the worst case scenario, things don't change and they may become disengaged, resulting in resource losses for the company or they may leave, causing other costs for the company. Another issue with this approach is that not all employees communicate their concerns and the aspects they dislike about their jobs. They keep them quiet, but this can be reflected in their behaviors and actions, affecting their attitudes and results. Thus, leadership remains unaware of these concerns and does not consider addressing them. If the employee is the cause of the behaviors that arise from lack of motivation, the focus is on changing the employee's behaviors or attitudes. When an employee behaves or performs at a level that displeases the employer, or when an employee leaves the company, thoughts like the following can occur. So, for example, he is disengaged, he doesn't care, or she doesn't know how to do those tasks, or he wasn't a good fit. He wanted something else. Let her go pursue her passion somewhere else, or that person only annoyed me. He left for more money, and so on. 
The limitation of this approach is that it doesn't help the employer develop and prevent these kinds of situations in the future. If uh, you focus instead on what you, as an employer, have done or not done that led to those unwanted or dysfunctional behaviors, you'll focus on finding solutions that create uh, frameworks that prevent them. And let's take some examples. So, instead of saying she doesn't know how to do those tasks, we can consider I assign her tasks that are higher than her capabilities. I should provide more support until she learns how to accomplish them. Or instead of saying he's always late at work, we can consider what measures should we take to ensure that employees respect the work schedule. And another example, he wasn't a good fit, he wanted something else, can be changed to maybe we did something wrong in the selection process. We didn't ask enough questions about his future plans, how he wanted to grow professionally, or we didn't investigate enough to determine if he would be motivated by the job's tasks, or we didn't offer him what he wanted. Or instead of saying, let her go pursue her passion somewhere else, we can consider, can we create opportunities for her to do more of what she loves to do, or can we change her job's responsibilities so she can do what she loves here in our company? Another example, that person only annoyed me, can be changed to what work circumstances made that person act in those ways. Instead of just saying he left for more money, we can ask ourselves, is my company's compensation system aligned with the market level? Maybe I should have asked him about his salary expectations. Was there something else that led him to the decision to leave the company? I should conduct exit interviews with those who leave the company so I can understand their reasons. When uh, we take ownership, our focus is on solutions that are within our control. This uh, doesn't mean that uh, you won't encounter problematic situations anymore, but it allows you to mitigate them. You may still hire an employee who is not a good fit for your company and have to let uh, him go to preserve the unity and cohesion of your team. You may still encounter cases of low performance, but you can approach them from uh, a different angle. Taking ownership can mean changing or improving internal practices, introducing new rules and procedures, holding employees accountable for their work, giving them feedback, enhancing the work environment, and collaborating with experts to resolve uh, situations that you don't know how to approach. In general, it means taking responsibility for what is happening in the workplace and solving all the situations that stand between the present moment and the goals you've set for your company. You hired people to help you accomplish these goals, but uh, by hiring them, you added new responsibilities on your plate. 
responsibilities that require specific knowledge and skills, just like any other task. And I will mention just a few skills that managing and leading people requires. So, for example, organizing work, assigning tasks based on each employee level of competencies and skills. Also taking into consideration their interests and strengths. Another skill, communication skills. Being able to transmit clearly ideas, expectations and give feedback to team members. Also being able to focus and actively listening team's inputs and feedback. You need the leadership skills. The capacity to adapt the leadership style to the employees' needs and levels of development, their level of motivation and to different situations. For instance, an employee who is at an entry level needs more support in his activities through guidance and sometimes moral encouragement. An experienced employee, on the other hand, can be given more autonomy and less supervision. Or in cases where activities are less motivating, the leader needs to provide more moral support. Or in a crisis situation, a directive leadership style may be more appropriate than a participative one, which takes more time. Empathy is another skill that is required. Understanding the needs, concerns and perspectives of team members is critical Empathetic leaders can build stronger connections with their teams and address individual needs. Conflict management skills are also very important. Conflicts are inevitable and knowing how to handle them will make your life and your team members' lives easier. Addressing and resolving conflicts in a constructive and fair manner is a key skill to create and maintain a pleasant and uh, collaborative work environment. Ignoring these types of skills or failing to develop them will lead to poor results, discouragement, an uh, inefficient work environment and significant losses such as wasted time, money, energy and uh, possible customers. You can develop these skills on uh, your own through personal learning and by applying different methods, but it will take you more time. If you desire speed and quicker results, you can work with an expert or a mentor. And uh, if you practice them in the wrong way, no matter how much you practice, you will not get the desired results. It's similar to sports, for example in tennis. An improper grip and footwork can limit the ability to generate power and control the ball. It can also increase the risk of injuries, especially in the wrists and shoulders. In conclusion, Assuming full ownership on uh, your team motivation will uh, help you create a work structure that build and uh, maintain their motivation. When you actively work on enhancing their motivation, you simultaneously elevate their levels of engagement, boost their overall performance 
increase their likelihood of staying with the company and foster a more positive and productive work environment. In this way, by taking the initiative to prioritize and nurture your team's motivation, you lay the foundation for a workplace where both individuals and the organization as a whole thrive. Alright, this was all for today. Thank you for listening. Subscribe if you like this episode and share it with your friends. I'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye.